0: you're listening to the one two three show and uh let's turn to the last bit of today's uh, program and it is time for a bit of trash talk uh with marcy trent long and this week uh marcy talks to uh, nigel Matravers. and uh, he is back to discuss the next step for recycling and the importance of having a sorting facility here in hong kong <laughs> We're back again today, Trash Talkers, with Nigel Matravers of Alba. It wasn't enough for him to supervise the launch of the electronic waste recycling we facility in Eco Park. Now he's moved over also into plastics and spearhead the joint venture amongst Swire Coca-Cola, Baggio, and Alba that will create a new PET recycling facility in Eco Park. But we didn't invite Nigel to talk to us specifically about the new plastic recycling facility. Instead, we wanted to talk about increasing recycling in general in Hong Kong. And with that, welcome Nigel to Trash Talk. Let's talk trash.
1: Glad to be back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know you're really an expert with your 30 years of experience in waste. And it's great having you on the show to get so many of your insights. And with all that, with the WE facility, and now you're looking at the logistics of the plastics. Um, Is there any thoughts that Nigel Matravers has on uh, improving recycling in Hong Kong?
1: Well, there's lots, um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I recognise the time we've got. Ten
1: the key challenge is that the people of Hong Kong want to do something. Um, they, people are aware about how much waste we're producing, which is like 1.5 kilos per person Crazy. per day, against a target of 0. 0.8. Uh, so that's a huge amount of material. Um, but then sometimes they're frustrated that they can't actually do uh, anything with it. So for the consumer, We've got to make it as easy as possible. Um, we're also in a community where we don't have lots of cars, whereas in Europe you may find and say, well, people put all their recycling in the back of the car and on a Saturday they go to the recycling depot and, and load all this different material. We don't have that luxury of doing that.
0: Do we have that a little bit with like the green community centers now and Waste No Mall? or? But it still takes a lot of incentive on, on the part of the consumer.
1: You're quite right. We do have those, but uh, they're not all across Hong Kong yet. Hopefully, they will be. Uh, sometimes their location are not the most convenient, <laughs> and equally, as I say, most people don't have all the cars to to take them uh, take them down. And um, so, we do need to provide facilities which are closer to the homes or to the business uh, to um, make make it happen. But essentially one of the frustrations of everybody, people are always, whenever I go for dinner, people are always asking me about recycling. <laughs>
0: know, it must be really and they hard say, well, why you.
1: can't I recycle this, but I can recycle that? Why can I do this bottle, but not that bottle? So
0: you never escape your job?
1: Well, I never escape. I don't mind. Um, but the issue said, well, we've got a facility to do this one, but not that one. That one we could do if we had somewhere to separate it. And So far in Hong Kong, we've been dependent on low-level separation.
0: What does that mean, low-level separation?
1: Basically, little old ladies in the street
0: uh,
1: who are going around, and it's a very sad sight, but that's another social commentary. (laughs) Um, Recovering cardboard, you'll see particularly the cardboard, around the markets and in the streets, and they collect this cardboard from... Uh, businesses and offices and markets and then they'll take it round to somebody who will give them a few dollars for doing that and then that'll get consolidated and then that'll go away. So people are pulling out things like the cardboard. People also pull out cans, aluminium cans, because there's value to them, they don't take much room. So most of those are actually recovered, but doesn't need people rummaging through bins Mm -mm -mm. to find them and you'll see that sadly uh, in the streets. But when it comes to plastics, then there's a lot less value per bottle, and those bottles take up a lot of room but yeah there's maybe positive value for the what we call type one PET bottles, which are your water bottles and that's bottle. what
0: the plastic recycling facility will be plastic right?
1: recycling facility will be able to particularly deal with those um, elements but then people will say well yeah, but what about this plastic from that my margarine tubs came in or my yogurt and so well yeah sorry can't do that that's type." do you have to whatever. introduce
0: them to the triangle and everything
1: then we have to start explaining the triangle and they say yeah but this one is a pp it looks like a bottle but it's not a bottle yep sorry about that but there isn't the market and then a conversation i had earlier this week people get very frustrated about the packaging and I got frustrated when I went to a well-known supermarket only two days ago and I saw every piece of fruit was wrapped up in plastic.
0: Yeah, and I think it's even worse now with the coronavirus.
1: Like e- cool, Even yeah.
0: if we were making some headway on that, yeah, yeah. It, I think it's now going back in the reverse. And
1: that is technically, yes, it can be recovered and recycled, but you can't do it by just picking it out of the bin. The volumes aren't there and the like.
0: And you're going to go home and wash it anyway, right?
1: Yes, all the so, items. So why is it wrapped to that degree? Right. Um, and then also the trays that it comes on. So it's normally then on a nice tray, which could be made of all sorts of different plastics. And some of them may be polystyrene that could be recovered. But then they've got a layer of film of material on top of that. Right. And so in order for the, the guys who can recover the polystyrene, they need people sitting there ripping it off right. slowly.
0: Which is back to that, the, the also the people making these projects need to think a little bit better about the design. Absolutely. But I, I guess it's back to this questions about kind of logistics, right? So yeah. if we have a plastic recycling plant and then we have an electronic waste recycling plant and we're talking to the battery recycling plant, but they're all different Plants and so, how do how does the plastic material get to you? How does the electronic and is there a way to combine all that, or should it be?
1: Well, for the waste electronics and electrical, it's, it's relatively easy, you might say, because the washing machine weighs fifty kilos, uh, and therefore it's, you're we not... you have you're to not, use you you, you can't <laughs> throw it in the in the normal laptop bin. Um, the uh, and but for the plastic bottles, yes. We are going to have to develop systems to encourage people to put it into specific bins. We're going to have to work with local collectors, ro- local recyclers uh, to enable us to bring that material out. Um, for batteries, the, the new facility at Eco Park, which is great, they're principally focusing on essentially car batteries, which again, weigh many kilos um, and are full of lead and acid and things like that, which are c- very, Uh, important to recover. But it is the lightweight items that are mixed up with everything else that is really difficult.
0: The consumables, the disposables. In in
1: particular. And in Europe, where they do have very high levels of recycling, um, essentially that's not done by having lots of individual bins. um, because And people have tried it. Um, Stoke-on-Trent in England is a classic example. Uh, where they had, well, seven- I
0: appreciate that name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they had seven different bins outside the house. Now, eight houses in Stoke-on-Trent are quite small. Um, people didn't know which item had to go in which bin anyway, and so they've now been able to reduce it, but by combining items, which then can go to a sorting facility. Oh, I see. And that is really the key to where we need to go next.
0: I see. Well, because we in Hong Kong, of course, definitely don't have room for seven bins. Don't even have room really for two, but uh, we can maybe do that.
1: <laughs> well, that's right. So we've got to find a way that's easy for the consumer to, to to participate. You know, they may be willing to go down to the bottom of the block, but maybe they're not. Um, we need to work with the, the estate managers and, and the like uh, to be able to provide ready, available facilities for people to use but even then we will still end up with a bin of mixed plastic Mm. so it's got to go somewhere then for it to be separated into its different grades and if you go to one of the big facilities in in Germany then you'll see they produce 10 different streams of material will come out the back of one of these plants Um, they don't have to be giant plants We've got the opportunity now, we're building new towns in the Northern New Territories. We could build these facilities in as part of the planning process. So in the building, design the building to accommodate the different bins, they can take the material, make sure the lorries can get there to come out. And then have a sorting facility for that town alone. Don't forget, most of our towns are larger than most cities in Europe. (laughs) and yet they have one so make some land available it can be multi-storey and then we can actually put recycling equipment in there and start separating the material locally so it's not on a lorry going all the way across uh, Hong Kong in order to to be processed or even sadly uh, to be landfilled and we'll certainly have the opportunity on the new Lantau Island, Uh, we've got great opportunity there if it comes across it to, to do something so we need the planners and the government to start thinking now how we want to achieve higher levels of recycling we can't do it the old way not to get anywhere near the levels we want to achieve let's build in incorporate some, separation facilities firstly and then make provision for recycling industries to come along uh, and address well. these different materials. Yeah, Even if you have a voluntary schemes it's got to go somewhere. Mm. Uh, and I think equally when you have dinner parties and people say I tried to separate my waste and I saw the cleaner just put it all together again and put it into one big lorry
0: which happens all the time
1: and we've got to get away from that so we've got to recognize if we put in these different collection schemes the different bins it's got to go somewhere right it's not like snow it doesn't melt (laughs) (laughs) and we need to put that infrastructure in place and we need the, uh, the government to recognise that this is needed, and certainly the politicians as well, to be aware that if we're going to avoid expanding our landfills and improve our recycling, move to the circular economy in the Greater Bay Area uh, that we talk about, then we need somewhere to, to separate the materials. We've got to make provision for this sort of thing.
0: Okay, so Trash Talkers, that was a little theoretical for us, but it's, it's really important that we all look at the full composition of Hong Kong's waste picture. Mm. And I can't thank Nigel enough for coming in and, and helping us kind of put that puzzle together for us with his long experience. Take the advice of Nigel Matreverse, um, to heart, and let's do some of our own sorting before he has to.
1: That would be really good.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Nigel. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK on the Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. Many thanks once again to Marcy Trent-Long for this week's uh, Trash Talk. And she was talking to Nigel Matravers of uh, We. Uh, Actually, what they were talking about.